in a, a different perspective, um, I guess getting a little bit more granular on the structure of a stable coin itself, um, we do have Yvette here who's a commodities lawyer and also Steve who um, focuses on broker-dealer issues amongst other things. So I'd love to hear from the two of you when if someone wants to structure the actual stable coin um, from a commodities law perspective, what are some of the U.S. legal issues? Sure, I'll take a stab at that. Um, so just to define a little bit, when we say commodities law issues, we're talking about two things. One, mm -hmm. commodities and commodity interests. So just to kind of throw out some definitions out there, commodities and commodity interests, which would be derivatives and other swaps, are largely regulated and have regulatory oversight by the CFTC, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. Um, and the Commodity Exchange Act is the statute that effectively implements the regulatory regime, if you will, and the statutory regime governing commodity interests. Commodities are everything except for onions and box office receipts that had very good lobbies when those definitions were, when that definition was being finalized, in particular when then it was further revised under Dodd-Frank in 2010. So what does that mean? That means that when the CFTC was looking at cryptocurrencies and trying to understand their regulatory oversight, where their jurisdictional mandate would be uh, within crypto asset activities, very early on there were statements by the commissioners stating that cryptocurrencies, virtual currencies, which is the term they tend to use, are commodities. And then that was further confirmed through enforcement action um, and litigation. So we do know that cryptocurrencies, crypto assets, would all these types of digital assets would all be considered commodities because the definition is very broad. There are two things. One is the CFTC has enforcement authority over spot trading of commodities, and it has a very robust regulatory supervisory role with respect to commodity interests, which would be derivatives and swaps. So taking a stable coin, there's a couple of things that we need to think about. The first is the stable coin is a cryptocurrency. So the trading of that cryptocurrency in any way, shape, or form would be subject to enforcement authority by the CFTC, and that means that the CFTC polices against manipulation and fraud in the spot trading market. There are also additional rules that apply in the spot market that folks need to think about, which is if, crypto, if the stable coin, for instance, would be used, um, would be purchased on leverage, there are retail commodity leverage rules that apply, which effectively would regulate that leveraged purchase or margined purchase, financed purchase of the commodity as if it were a futures contract. So within the spot contract or the spot trading of a, a stable coin itself, just as any cryptocurrency, because frankly this analysis applies to any digital asset, there needs to be a consideration as to how it's being purchased how it's being sold, whether or not there's financing involved. And to complicate matters a tiny bit, um, the CFTC several years ago e issued a proposed interpretation 
on what delivery actually means in the retail commodity leverage rule space. And so the CFTC um, has been thinking through when you've actually delivered that cryptocurrency. What does that look like? Is it when it's gone into the wallet and you possess full control? Can it actually be in a third-party wallet? And was that delivery to the purchaser? Um, can it be housed in a depository? How does that look? Because the rules around retail commodity leverage um, rules don't actually apply to cryptocurrencies. This is a new technology. Um, when these rules were passed, folks were thinking about you know, oil, warehousing, etc. When that interpretation is finalized, it will not only clarify what delivery means in the retail commodity leverage space, but there's also the concern that it will uh, give guidance with respect to what spot trading actually means. So people are concerned because they're afraid in, in a bad way or they're interested in seeing what that... Well, concern only because spot trading has never really had, is not the regime of the CFTC to actually regulate other than supervise against manipulation and fraud, right. other than enforcement authority, right? And so there was the concern, and we haven't really heard much since we wrote that comment letter together, Joyce, um, and so they haven't really finalized that interpretation just yet, but the concern is, is that it's a backdoor way to regulate the spot market. I see. Right. Because if you're telling me what delivery means, in the leveraged commodity space, which is mm. effectively a spot transaction that was financed, um, what does that say about the spot market when the CFTC has never really had authority to actually regulate? So there was a concern that this could be a backdoor way to actually regulate that space. But isn't that up to Congress? Isn't that just a matter of what powers they have been given through the legislature? Well. In order for the CF, the CFTC certainly doesn't have a statutory mandate to regulate or have any sort right. of supervisory authority over the spot market. Mm -hmm. But when you're evaluating what spot trading actually means, typically in any commodities market, it's been what's market practice. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say it's this concern that it's a backdoor way I to see. actually be regulating it unofficially, if you will. So. In moving from the spot market trading, which are concerns that any stablecoin would need to consider on how it's, it's used, um, how it's structured, and, and how it's traded, mm -hmm. with respect to the stablecoin itself, I, I want to touch on the commodity interest um, considerations. And commodity interest is just a fancy word that the CFTC uses really to refer to swaps and futures and, and other derivative trading. So the definition of swap, which was finalized in under Dodd-Frank in 2010, is very broad. And the definition of swap includes all types of over-the-counter derivatives trading. Um, and again, another confusing term because a swap is also a type of derivative, but the CFTC uses the word swap to refer to all different types of derivatives. Um, in particular, I focus on the fact that the stablecoin derives its value from potentially one asset, various assets, um, you know, a pool of collateral, et cetera. 
there are these concepts of pegging the stable coin to an underlying value and how that value is actually determined can, can vary. It could effectively take place on the market where you have various market makers who are buying and selling and participating in the market in order to ensure that um, the stable coin value remains constant. The concerns arising around how you stabilize the stable coin and what it's backed by raises a couple of, of points. One is, could it be potentially a derivative, mm -hmm. given that it's deriving its value? It potentially could fit within the very broad definition of derivative um, of swap codified under um, Dodd-Frank in 2010. It potentially could be an option. Does it look like an option? Does it have a strike price, a final price, et cetera? No, it doesn't. Um, but the definition was so broad and it gives so much discretion to the commission that it's certainly a consideration before any launch of a stable coin that you would certainly need to have that discussion with the CFTC to ensure that folks are on board, that there is no risk. Because effectively, the CFTC is there to ensure that there is not this risk to the market um, where there is a financial instrument that could have potentially been a derivative um, that was otherwise unregulated. And earlier you mentioned, Yvette, that there could be stable coins that, quote, derives its value from some sort of algorithm. Mm -hmm. And right now it seems like you're talking about stable coins that have to do with um, some sort of pegging, that there's some sort of a basket of assets related to it, right? Mm -hmm. What about the ones that are backed by an algorithm? So there's, I think the similar consideration of whether or not they would be considered a derivative applies. Mm -hmm. um, the knock-on consideration that I've been thinking through um, currently that I don't necessarily think exists on the algorithm, but all of this is nascent technology. And so, you know, I, I, we could certainly, I could certainly change my view along the way as the technology continues to develop. But one of the concerns I certainly have mm -hmm. with the asset-backed stable coins, because I've looked at that fairly closely, um, is that some of the stabilizing mechanisms are, is to have a market maker participate in the buying and selling of the stable coin in order to keep the value of the stable coin one-to-one -one of whatever that backed asset is. And so the question arises, when you have somebody coming to the market purposefully to keep, to stabilize the coin, the stable coin, with respect to the underlying asset, mm -hmm. the concern is, are you creating an artificial price? Are you actually letting the market, the supply and demand of the market work? And is there a concern that this could actually be seen as market manipulation? Now, this activity clearly doesn't fit squarely within the concept of, of why we regulate against, you know, or why we enforce against market manipulation. The policy interests behind that don't necessarily fit squarely within a launched project that says we want to keep the value one-to-one -one and this is how we're going to do it. But the concerns around that are, well, what if the stablecoin actually doesn't stay exactly to the one-to-one -one valuation? What if there's a band 
of differential, does that create arbitrage opportunities? Does that create investment opportunities? Now, that is the reason why then you would want to enforce against this type of manipulation because these are the very concerns that not only the CFTC is concerned about, but also the SEC is concerned about. And so with respect to those market maker models that we're starting to see develop, um, we certainly want to think through the issues, discuss with the authorities, and come up with a plan that works. Because I think that there should be, and this is just my opinion, I think there should be a path forward where we can assuage the manipulation concerns. Maybe there really aren't arbitrage opportunities there. How can we build a stable coin that is allowed to stabilize with market making activity, but doesn't create customer risk? And so that's, that's where I'm currently at in thinking through those issues and concerns.